Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. We're so excited that you're back with us for our double feature here, where I'm interviewing, I interviewed Andressa, and she is now interviewing me in celebration of our three-year anniversary of launching our podcast. So I am excited because I don't have to ask any questions today. I'm just going to answer questions. That's one of the things I love doing. So look at um, that. I know I'm giving you the floor, Andressa. Well, so where should we start, right? First of all, <laughs> for those that don't know, I was a journalist before and I was like, okay, I just throw some money into college, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do anything with that. So here I am interviewing people. So this is very special because I know Liz. Liz is my business partner, but first we were friends, right? We we met through Bigger Pockets, but we, we were friends and we build that very solid foundation. And I got to be honest with you. She's one of the funniest people I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes I need to hold myself because the things that come out of her mouth, it's very funny to me. It's like hilarious. You know, that, that friend that you're like, start laughing nonstop. That, that's Liz. So you guys know how lovely, sweet she is, but she's really like, good into like putting me back into you know the focus she's that friend that she can be kind but she won't tolerate you you know too much into like this just like negative thought or or something like that not that i call her all the time about this but this is somebody that she's kind but she can handle it She's strong to her core is very strong as, as a friend, as a human being that she can really support friends around her in that sense. So don't mistake her kindness for, for weakness because it, it is, this is one of the <laughs> strongest people I know. So let's get started because I want you guys to know Liz in a different way, right? So thinking about that, Liz, you have been in different podcasts and different you know, types of interviews, but in terms of real estate, what is like one thing that you have not shared yet that happened to you or to you and Matt uh, together in, mm. in your business? What is it? Where, where do I begin? No, there's probably, a, there's probably a number of things that, you know, and I think we, we, we do touch on this where people, they share their successes or people look at your, what you're up to and they're like, oh, this is easy for them. Right. Or, what have you. And I, I would say my, my real estate investing journey with my husband was, was anything but easy, to be honest with you. We've been doing this for 15 years and we, we hit our stride in the latter years, not the beginning years. Um, there was a lot of struggle, a lot of like mistakes along the way. I think one of the things that when I think about my journey and, and, and it is a mistake was we, um, so we got started with other people's money. We're, we're raising money now and we work with a lot of investors and that's really how we've been able to get into larger multi which we're, we're involved in now we started that way so we literally my my father loaned thirty thousand dollars to us we did not have the money to buy our first property our first duplex 15 years ago 
that next step after that, and that was a that was a good project for us. We did well. We gave him his money back. It actually worked really well for us. The, the the second, third, and fourth project, we started like just we had some we had some money, but we didn't have the kind of money we needed to buy like three multi three four units that we wanted to buy, which was like kind of the next purchase when we transitioned from outside of Philadelphia to New Jersey. We got married, we moved. Matt quit his job, and that was like the first purchases we made was two four units. And so my parents, both my parents, my parents and, and, and my husband's parents um, took a HELOC out of their, you know, they both had their homes free and clear. Now this is also before the crash, right? This is before 2008, 2009. So banks were very lenient and, and we're, we're really, we were able to pull out, this would never happen today, but I think we were able to pull out about a half a million dollars. They both lent us, so to speak, out of their homes. Um, in a line of credit to to invest in real estate. You know, the mistake, it wasn't like we went to Vegas. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, wow, that's horrible. No, I didn't go to Vegas. We didn't like frivolously spend the money by any means. However, because we weren't as focused, we weren't as knowledgeable, money is a double-edged sword. And I've come mm. to appreciate money. Money could be, um, you could do amazing things with it. You could also not, you know, do amazing things with it, with it. And so we ended up buying long-term assets with, with that, those lines of credit. And they weren't value add long-term assets, mm. right? The Burr strategy. Right. If you're really going to use a line of credit, I obviously know this now, you have to create enough value that when you refinance 75%, 80% loan to value, whatever banks are quoting these days, you have to be able to pull all that money out and then use it again. That's the beauty of a line of credit. That's the that's the that's the that's the um, magic of, of a line of credit. We didn't know that at the time, mm -hmm. so we took a lot of that those initial funds from our parents and bought long term assets. Um, and some of the assets we bought were not cash flowing. We're, they were you know we didn't run the numbers we, we, the way we should have. We missed things. So you know here we have like a half a million dollars that we're owed to our family. Right? It's not like every day you're like. Okay, yeah, this is how we're gonna make that half a million back, right? You, you gotta, you gotta hustle. So yes. over the years, um, we whittled that down to about one hundred fifty thousand, which, which is good, which we're proud of. We sold some assets, we made some money here. I mean, really, it's it's always mm -hmm. been like paying the lines. It's, there's good debt and bad debt in, in in real estate. Us having a line of credit against our parents' homes that's tied up in a asset that we couldn't sell, that we could get that money back in my book is a, is bad, is bad mm -hmm. debt, not good debt. Plus sure. it's not even our, our money technically, right? So I've had this like, I had guilt around it. I had remorse around it. I beat myself up for like, this has been a decade, right? It's been a long time. So, um, and we have a plan now. We, we, we actually made, we, we have made, you know, we paid about um, 70,000 last year and we have this last piece and, and we have a plan this year to kind of get it complete. And I'm confident we'll get this done um, this year, but you know, as I, as I share that, right. It's like, you, you just want to like, you don't want to say that. Like I, I did the wrong thing with this money. Again, it wasn't like we stole it or, you know, really, but it, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't like the best decision. And, um, you know, I had a lot of guilt around it for many years. And I, I share that because any money mistake you make, even if it's literally a half a million, that felt really overwhelming to us for many mm -hmm. years. And quite honestly, we didn't do much for many years. We were just surviving. My husband quit his job. I'm paying our bills myself. 
we're just like, shit, we got to take care of this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, our parents aren't, we didn't want our parents to have to pass away and be like, oh, by the way, siblings, by the way, we have some lines of credit out on our parents' home. Like talk about a shit storm, right? Mm -hmm. We wish we wanted it clean. So, you know, I'm, I feel good about it. We have a pathway to it, but it's been a while. And, and I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes is not being a better manager of money early on. Well, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. So guys hearing this, um, it just shined a light that when you look at people's success and their story, it didn't happen over time, right? It's not that they had like half a million dollars sitting down on their bank account and they could play with that, right? So when, you, when you're really uh, looking at comparing your life to other people's lives, because you're comparing your reality to their success, what you think it is, and there's that dis discrepancy, right? So it's really unfair to you. And when you are talking to people, really get to know them and what they had to go through in order for them to be where, where they are right now. But uh, I'm sure we're going to celebrate the last check that you guys say, yes. I'm going to celebrate oh that. We talked a lot about it too. Bottle of wine. I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'll do a I'm not going to drink tea. I'm going to drink <laughs> yeah. wine. There you go. Let's go with that tea. There you go. Here's one thing that I want to, you mentioned your dad. I know your dad and your, I know your mom, I know your sisters and everybody, but when you think back, right, who, who was like the most influential person in your life? Growing up? Yes. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, teachers kind of like, you know, teachers have a role in your life and you think about like, you know, that, you know, that one teacher, there's one teacher in high school, actually, I would say that was influential from the perspective of, um, you know, just that kind of like warmth, but was a straight shooter. And I always really appreciated that because that's really how my, my dad was. He was, he was very warm, very loving, but you know, straight shooter, you know, mm -hmm. and we grew up that way, very authentic, very real, you know, he's a Sicilian from, 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 uh, Queens, you know, right, which is a borough out in New York City. So, you know, he's the real deal, you know. Um, so I would say that teacher, that that one particular teacher, his name was Mr. Richardson, was just a really great guy. And I remember like just always feeling like supported by him. I went to him with situations that weren't just, um, you know, school. Um, I'd have to say, though, above everything was my family, you know, was my parents. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, they they were they were laying the foundation for who I am today. These make me cry. Um, but they were, I mean, you know, they just worked their asses off. You know, my dad was a school teacher. So we were always in like, you know, the smallest house in the community. And like, we, our house was wonderful. I didn't know that at the time. Right. We didn't, you know, comparatively, I went to my friend's houses and you're like, wow, that's a really big house. And you're like, but like, there was so much love and support in our family. And I'm, you know, I, I think they had the most influence. My sisters as well. They're both amazing women they are. in their own right. Um, I'm the youngest. So, you know, I always had to find a place in our family. Um, and, and that was a journey, you know. But yeah, I think I think above everyone else and the outside influences, I, I have to say my parents, for different reasons. They're different kind of people to me. And, and you know, they, they don't stand for the same things to me. My mom has this amazing unconditionalness of love. She just, she just pure love. She didn't yeah. start a business. She wasn't like taking on the world. She just was like pure love. 
And, and my, that was more my dad's role. My dad was more like the, I got to help everyone. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's a person. <laughs> I got to help everyone. You, they're, they're both lovely, lovely people. And, uh, they have raised you right. You and your, your sisters, no, no doubt about it. I want to dissect something though. I know, I know a lot of, um, what goes behind the scene and I want to just talk about it. You just said that you had to go through about finding your place, right? And I want to go there. I want to talk about what do you mean by that? Because I think that a lot of women go through similar situation. Um, so talk to me about that. Yeah, that's a big one, right? Because you a lot of conversations you and I have had. Um, you know, I think it's been a journey. I, I, I've done a lot of self-growth, you know, and Andres and I both have done a program called Landmark the Landmark Forum, and highly recommend it. So powerful. And something I realized through that and a lot of the other coaching I've done is it takes you back to your youth, how you became who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, if you will. And sometimes all the good things that you got, you know, acclimates for become, you know, sometimes overused. So what I mean by that is I was, I was a really happy-go-lucky kid. Um, you know, I was a really easy kid. I was a very friendly kid. Uh, I didn't rock the boat. You know, I was just like, Oh, there's Liz, like the stable, you know, easygoing person. I was competitive though, too. I did like to win. I played sports. I was like, oh, she's won. good at sports, people. So I, you know. I, I was very competitive in my own right, in a good way. But, you know, I playing Monopoly with my son now, right? I, I'm like, Zach, I'm going to beat you because I like <laughs> to win. But you don't have to win. You know, we go in through that whole conversation. He has that in him too. <laughs> oh, so I was an easygoing kid. And, 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 and what I mean by that is I wasn't like overly seen though. Meaning mm. I wasn't like the lead of anything. And I always like as the youngest and like, you know, I was part of this friend group and they were great, great friends. Um, I was always the one that was picked on the most. I was always the one that was like, oh yeah, th and there's Liz. I wasn't mm. like the, the center of attention. I don't need to be the center of attention. I don't mean it by that. Like I wasn't, um, I didn't feel noticed. I guess that's the best way to say it for me mm. as I look back on it. I didn't know that at the time. And when I went from high school to college, I made a very, very, very like an unconscious decision to be noticed. So okay. I even changed my name. I'm not changed my name. Like I was, uh, I was always Elizabeth. What was not, your name? I know, right? I was Susie. I was Roxanne, and now I'm Liz. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But I was, um, <laughs> and I'm actually not the person I'm saying. Not joking. What a great episode this will be. No, I, you know, I was actually Elizabeth. Everyone called me Elizabeth when I when mm. I connect with people in high school. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. I love that name. When I went to college, I introduced myself as Liz. I actually literally just took what I used to be called. And I'm like, no, I'm Liz now. And I ran for student government um, president, uh, freshman class president. Um, I got close to like a 4.0. I knew everyone. Um, everyone knew me. I was not unseen anymore. Mm. But what that created for me is like, I became this like 50 year old woman, <laughs> woman in a, in a you know, 18 year old body, meaning like I took life way too seriously. Mm. Right? Um, and I, I, I almost acted like I was like, you know, literally 45 years old going to college because it's the way I acted, the way I took everything on. I, um, it's just interesting. So I guess what I'm saying is we, we, we make decisions in life during our youth and it served us for a point. And then that became a detriment mm. where I was looking to achieve just to achieve. I'm like, I'm going to speak at graduation. I did speak at graduation. Usually just the class president speaks at graduation. However, I was the student government president and I, and I changed the rule. 
so I can speak at graduation. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like that's how um, how much of a shift I went from this like happy-go-lucky, easygoing, carefree to like now I'm gonna conquer the world. And it was like this 360 I made, and I didn't even realize it at the time. Now looking back, I'm like, ooh, I gotta get some of that carefreeness back. And I think, you know, marrying my husband, Matt, helped a lot because he's more like that. So, but I, I, I think it's just very eye-opening. And where I am in my life right now is what served me as a kid, being easygoing and loving and, easy, you know, um, easy, if you will, was a very good quality of mine. And I'm still pretty, like, easy to get along with. It's not like, oh, wow, Liz is the most difficult person. But there's time that doesn't serve me where I'm, we're growing a business. I have to have difficult conversations. I don't like conflict always. And I have to have those conversations in the way that works for me. And, and you've been a huge stand, you know, partnering with Andressa, you know, you can't, you not can't. Um, she hasn't allowed me to just be, be someone who just kind of getting by. Right. And I don't, I'm not that person, but she's been an amazing friend and partner where I've had to look at myself in the mirror and be open to that to say, yeah, I could really get better here or I can really do this differently. So I'm evolving in my easygoingness way of being and, 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 you know, kind of taking a stand when I need to in the way that works for me. That's, you know, been the biggest thing for me. I love that. You know, I, I see, I seen Liz, you know, this, I always say Liz naturally she's joy, right? Anything that it's outside that is something else. And I know her, in a way that I can sense that energy over the phone. There was there was one time I was driving to Trenton to meet Liz and uh, Matt, and I sensed on her voice something was off. And then I stopped the meeting. I was like, "What? What's going on?" And I don't remember exactly what what was going on, um, but I was like, "You know, Matt." Uh, we're not going to meet today. I'm changing my route here. I'm going to pick up Liz. Yeah. I'm going to go have lunch. You did. You came to, you came to, um, <laughs> you came to my house. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no. And I was like, yes. And Matt was like, yes, she is. Yeah. So we changed the whole, the whole thing because when you know somebody, the core of that person, right? Anything else outside it's off. So when, when Liz says like, we are stand for, for each other, right? We are, we, we're, we know our course. So we stand for, for that. <laughs> so talking about like all those lessons, Liz, is there, is there a specific lesson or something that is taking you the longest to learn? <laughs> I would say just not doing it all by myself. I think that's why you and I started this community. That's why we started our podcast. I'm still learning that. I'm still learning to like, you know, let go, even just household things, right? Household cleaning, um, you know, or, or more support, you know, for my kids. So I don't do it alone. Um, you know, the preconceived notions I should be able to, right? I should be able to mm. build a business, do all this. And it's just the shoulds just, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm making baby steps and I'm making steps towards, you know, um, getting more help, if you will. Um, no doubt. You know, and I think, it just hasn't happened overnight. It hasn't happened like super quickly, but I think I'm conscious of it. And I, I continually am making, you know, movement towards it. And, and, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? Even just hiring someone to cut my grass was uncomfortable because I'm like, I could cut my grass. Why would I hire someone to cut my grass? So that like hard work ethic way of being is just instilled in me. Mm -hmm. I don't often think, how can I outsource? How can I, I, I don't naturally do that, but I'm learning to, and, and, getting trying to get better with that I'm because proud of I, you. you know I, I 
I know that's the way uh, I just thought about it today. I'm like, I, I had this cleaner I was supposed to call and I, I just haven't called. Um, I just need to spend the time. Like, and then, I, and then I'm like, oh, so much to do is keep my house up. It's like this, you know, crazy little cycle we go into, right? Absolutely. But I think that's the, that's the hardest thing that, the, the longest thing, the thing that's taken me the longest to learn, but hopefully in uh, my 10 year self, be like, yep, nip that in the bud in 2021. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You know, I remember a couple of years ago that I read a blog from you on, on Bigger Pockets, and he was talking about a conversation that you had with Matt, and he straight up told you, if we don't change things, we're, we're heading to a divorce. Yes. And, and I was like, what is happening here, right? And it's not that it doesn't happen in other people's lives and relationships is that yeah. you have the courage to share that. Yeah. And I, I, I know Matt and Liz in, in different levels. And I know the work that you put into your marriage, into your relationship. And as you navigate communication with your spouse, especially when you are investing with somebody. So I want mm -hmm. you to share with, with people, um, what are the things that you learned that has worked for your relationship? Because I know, right? I work with my ex-husband. I understand the challenges that, that goes with it. But I want to focus on what worked for you in your relationship with man. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is true, you know, and it was a, it was a tough time for us. It was, it, was, it was right when the market crashed, we were living off savings. So we didn't have enough cash flow. Like everyone's like, Oh, have enough cash flow coming in and then transition out of your job. We didn't take that route. Right. We took the, we're quitting, Matt's quitting his job. We'll figure it out. Or, and I'm quitting my job. We'll figure it out. Like we just, we didn't take a very um, strategic view on that. Things I probably wouldn't recommend to people now, but regardless, um, when we, when we, when he said that we had to make a lot of changes. Um, and at that point I had quit my job. I went back to the job that I quit. Mm. So literally I called my boss up. I'm like, this isn't working with my husband. So, and then she, she was like, Oh my God, absolutely come back. And I went, ended up going back until I had my son and doing my consulting work. So I think, you know, then, then I went back to working with him. So my husband and I have worked together in a lot of different capacities over the years, full-time, mm -hmm. part-time, strategic, not strategic, We've literally done it all. We were literally sitting next to each other, doing different things, um, putting furniture together. Like we did whatever it took to grow our business, like bootstrap, like, you know, scrappy, grow your business. And I yes. mean, scrappy, meaning like it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't like this enormous, enormous empire at the beginning. So I think what I've learned that's worked because we've been at it for 15 years. We just celebrated our 15th anniversary last year. Congrats. Thank you. I think what, what's worked for us is to, know where your limitations are in working together. Um, what I mean by that, we have the same values. That's what I, I, him and I were attracted. Like we were, were like, we want to grow a business. We didn't even know what that meant, you know, in our twenties. And we didn't have any experience, no role models. It was just like, we want something big in our life. We want to help a lot of people. That is something we said literally on like our first date together, you know? And we had a shared value set. We just didn't know how to approach it. So in looking back, I would have, you know, if you are working with your spouse, um, do you have the same shared values? You know, yes, you could have different strengths. We'll get to that. But like, do you have like literally like connected shared values? And I think that has worked for us. That has helped us tremendously because when, we're, when we come at things so differently, 
we come back to our shared goals and our shared values. And where do we want to be? And that has been huge. Our faith, quite honestly, we, we both believe in God, you know, whatever your faith is works for you. But him and I, like, there's been some really dark times. We just literally prayed together. Like, just let's just pray to God. I don't know what else to do. Like, I don't know what else to do here. Um, so our faith has been huge and, and it can be faith in each other. If you don't believe in God, whatever works for you. But for us, we just really always like, okay, we got to really sit on this and get, get quiet. Cause we really need some help. Um, yeah. I think the other thing too, as we've navigated is having things we come together on and then having separation. So when you work with your spouse, especially if you're doing it full time, some people work beautifully together and they like build this business together and they're like two peas in a pod. Um, that never worked for me in that ever. Mm. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is like, he wanted to take the role. I wanted to take the lead. He wanted to take the lead. Um, we are better married partners and better married, like strategic. We work together in, in ways like strategically, we have business meetings. We talk about what's going on in the business, but it wasn't until I'm like, I'm not going to be involved as, as much in the day to day. You're in charge of that part of our business. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, I'm involved in other parts of our investing. Like I've been very openly sharing that. I, my goal this year is to buy a vacation rental. Yes. I'm the lead on that. We've been very clear. Matt's like, you're going to lead that project. Let me know what I could do and help. And, and it's not like I don't involve him and he doesn't mean he doesn't involve me in, you know, our apartment building business and all the other things we have going on, but it really helped us to be like to delineate and say, this is what you're involved in. And this is what you're involved in. We're not involved in everything together. And I think that's the, what I love about InvestHer. When you and I came together, I, I just had my son. Yeah. I was like working with Matt and I'm like, shit, oh is gosh. there anything else I can do besides work with him? No, no offense, but I knew I needed <laughs> something else. Like I was, I was building a consulting business. I had my own thing. I had my own clients. I love that. I love having like a piece that Liz just does. And I think as women, it's really important. Um, and then I, here I am like helping my husband. And it, at the, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you're, you're Matt's wife. And that's okay. I don't, it's not about me. People now it's the other way around. People know me more than him. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he doesn't like that, but no, regardless, it's really about like, what can you, what can your relationship withhold and withstand? And what do you really want? And we learn along the way, what works for us. And um, yeah, what doesn't work is just being together all in on everything together. And I have my gotcha. own thing. He has his own thing and we come together and it just works for us. So, um, you know, one thing that I learned from, from, from you, because I've seen it and you already express it and I want you to share with people that are listening. It's like when, when he comes with a challenge or something that like being a cheerleader or, oh, or, yeah. or, you know, really like going like, what the hell, what's going yeah. on over here? Can you yeah. share that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually on my vision board. You'd be proud of me. Cause I, you know, you do vision boards and for Matt, I didn't put anything. I didn't put a picture of him and I, although it would have been nice, but I put a picture <laughs> of a cheerleader, you know? So when I look at my vision board, I know that's who I am in that role for, for yes. my life. So what Andres is speaking of, and, and I've done a lot of, a lot of personal growth, like, like Andressa and one of the w w women's weekends, it was literally a specific weekend for women. And what was really amazing about it was how women are in relationship with men, you know, or, or, you know, feminine, masculine, you can get into this in a lot of different ways, but the bottom line was, you know, when you're with your spouse, um, and I know this for my husband too, is that he needs me to be more of a cheerleader and a support versus like, 
um, micromanaging him. Most men would probably agree if they're listening to this, they don't want to be micromanaged. Um, they don't want a mother, right? They didn't get married to now have another mother. And I think I, I can only speak personally, but I, there was many moments of my early time being married where I wasn't a mother, but I, I was like, I grilled him. And because I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on with X, Y, and Z project. It was intense time for us. Again, I've shared some of those pieces today. And um, so my natural way when I'm worried or fearful, I'll just grill. And it was a really, it just was like a fork in the road for us in our marriage and our business, you know, and it, it wasn't supporting. I was just um, micromanaging. And, and I had to really learn through that weekend, like, what, what does he really need from me? And having the, that dialogue and... It was more of like, I need just, I need you to be my support. Even now, I'll say, oh, how's this, how's this going? And I know there's certain things with one of our particular buildings that's just, you know, th there's still a process that's being worked through. And he'll say what he's, what's going on. And I don't ask any more questions. I'm like, sounds like you got that. Sounds like you're on top of it. And I just leave it at that. I don't like, oh, well, did you think of this? He's not asking for my ideas or he would yeah. ask for my ideas. And he yeah. does ask for my ideas. So when he doesn't ask for my ideas, I don't just offer my opinion for a half hour. Um, it's been hard because I liked it, but now I, I, I don't have time for a half hour conversation because I got to get to the stuff <laughs> that I'm involved in, which is a blessing for me, right? I have something else to focus on. When Liz doesn't have anything to focus on and I was just working with my husband, it was a, it was a shit show because I was like, always on top of him about everything we were doing. I don't have the time for that now, which is perfect. So <laughs> that's that awesome. works for us, you know? So yeah, being a cheerleader and being this like, not cheerleader like rah-rah, but cheerleader in the sense of you got this. I'm here for you. What kind of support do you need? Um, and anticipating each other's needs, I think, is something that has helped us. Um, and, you know, I continually that. learn. I love that because I, I can see it, you know, and, and you really change the, the dynamic and really elevate. So let's think about like list 10 years from now, right? Mm. What she would tell you if she came back and say, Liz, let me tell you something. I think she'd say like, give yourself grace, you know, be a little kinder to yourself, not a little, be a lot kinder to yourself. And I say this all the time in their gratitude journal. I have a great, great gratitude journal. I know, you know, you and I both use, Yes. like I say to myself a lot. And I think she would say like Rome wasn't built in a day, mm -hmm. you know, you don't raise children in a day. You don't build anything wonderful in a day. So stop trying to get it all in, in a day, like, you know, and I think there's this like expectation we put on ourselves um, that's unre unrealistic and unreasonable in a lot of ways. And it robs us of our peace. I, I, I'm trying to like, you know, I want to peacefully achieve things. I don't want to just achieve to be peaceful. That doesn't seem like a good time or, or any fun in that. So I think that's what she'd say. I think she'd say, get help, like get out of your own way, figure it out. You have the money, get some help. I think she'd be really direct with me about that. Um, she? that yeah, <laughs> I think she would. I think I think Liz, ten years, like you are, just get off the get off the you know your butt and, and get some help in the house and in your business. Stop making excuses. You'll figure it out with the money. Just stop your little excuses. I think she'd be really direct with me about that. So I love. And then her. she'd give me a big hug. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's Liz. 
I, I, I can't ask you, like, can go on and on and ask you all my, I have like a ton of know, questions right? over here still to, to ask you, but you know, I want to respect everybody's time. Uh, so let's transition to our fabulous three questions list. And the first one is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? You know, I'd have to say it's so cliche, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, you know, everyone says it, but it really did literally transform my path where I was on this path of social work. I wanted to open my own practice and counsel people, counsel women, actually, in specifically. Yeah. Um, reading that book opened my whole brain and, and world to there's a whole new life of creating something and becoming a business owner, investing and you know, uh, doing things in such a different way than I grew up thinking about. So I have to say that book because um, it did transform my, my future. So Yeah, 100%. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I have to say my morning routine. You know, I, I, I meditated on and off last year. I did it most of the time. I haven't missed a day this year at all. I mean, you know, so I think the morning routine of a praying, I pray, I read a little daily prayer first. I like to, I like to read um, something spiritual. And then I think about people who may need my prayers and then I meditate um, on something that I need to hear, letting go or calming down or all the multiple things I need to know mm -hmm. and be. Um, and then I use, and then I get into my graduate gratitude journal and really get present to something I'm really appreciative of and get to a place of appreciation. And I look at my vision board, my five-year vision board of stuff that I want to do and just, you know, kind of in, in a sense, see it happening. And then I, I, then I get into my day. So my morning awesome. routine, I think is really like, I have to do that. And working out is critical. I, I don't do it every day, but at least four times a week, I, I make time to work out. Awesome. And the last question is which woman face famous or not has inspired you the most? You know, I, I have to say two women because it is, it's my question to answer so I can just break the rules. Um, I have to say two women because it's, it's my grandmother and my mother for two different reasons. Like I said earlier, my, my mom embodied this, like she doesn't complain ever about anything. Like she has this amazing like resilience. And I think I have a lot of her resilience. I never thought about that before, but as I think about her, she has an amazing resilience and like, this unconditional love, like just that's what my mom embodies is love. And my sister, Chris, who's older than me, she'll always say, well, you know, you're a lot like mom. And I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, cause I think about like the, the other things, right. Mm -hmm. um, or other things that were different. Um, but I really am from that, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm the most like my mom in that way, you know, in some ways. So I'd say, I say my mom, cause I just, you know, she's just a phenomenal woman and so unassuming and never looks for acclimates, you know? Um, and I, I hope I continue to try to be like that too. I, I, you know, so, and my grandmother, my grandmother was a woman who was the most like straight and direct person. Um, and I think that's probably where my father got it from, but she was very direct. She was very straight with me. Um, she always kind of put me in my place. I remember like in a good way, but very loving way. And she'd be like, you know, how are you doing with this? What's going on with this? She'd tell me stories and make them so engaging. So like my love for storytelling and she just was a very, um, very loving woman too, but like she just told it like it was. And I, I um, again, not my mom was more like unassuming and my grandmother was more direct and straightforward. But I, th I think about who I am and I don't know, I really appreciate both those women a lot in my life. And um, yeah, I miss my grandmother. 
a lot. Oh, I know. Well, Liz, it's been a pleasure, my friend. I, I, I always tell you that I couldn't have chosen. I think that I didn't choose. We all both really came from somewhere because the odds of us meeting is really like uh, right out there. But I'm really beyond grateful to have you as my business partner, my, you know, partner in crime and above anything else, my friend. I know I can count on you. I know, no doubt, I have no doubt on that part over there that we are solid, we're really solid. And I, I appreciate that. I couldn't, I really could not have chosen a better partner to be on this journey when I cannot imagine being beside anybody else, but you, so I'm very thankful of you. And for all of you that are listening, I hope you guys enjoyed our our anniversary special episode and share, share things that you got out of it. Share your, your thought process and how you can apply as Liz always says, take one thing and apply to, to your life. That's what we're here for. Keep us posted on your journey. Yeah, and share share what we're up to. We're 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 three years in, but we just we've just begun. We've just begun our journey of empowering women living a financially free and balanced life. That's how we feel some days. We're just like we're just starting out. We're, we're babies, right? We're a three year old, right? So um, we're we're up to a lot of other things to make a big impact, not for ourselves, but for all the women in this world and all the future generations, all the the little girls and and teens and and women, and and so that's what we're up to. So thank you for being on this journey, ladies. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.